Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Through Nick and Thin. podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie almost in chronological order so that you don't have to. I'm your host, my name is Steve, and joining me as always, all the way from the Cayman Islands, is my lovely co-host, Hannah. Hannah, how are you doing this week? I'm feeling ready to retire, Steve. You're ready to retire? Is it because we're doing two of these in a row? Yeah, I think that this is about it for me. I'm just going to go down to the Cayman Islands, Mm. leave my life here behind, leave my Mm. family behind. Mm. And become a beach bum. I want nothing less for you. More for you? It's surprising. Yeah. You're invited. Oh, I'll think about it. Okay. Cool. Anyway, this week this week we watched a movie called uh, The Retirement Plan. I just described the tell. plot. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. <laughs> there's a no, lot there's more. A lot more there, it was one, pretty fun. Yeah, this was a fun, a more fun movie than than what we discussed last week, which was extremely boring. But <laughs> uh, yeah, so very brief overview of the plot is that Nicolas Cage plays an old man who retired down in the Cayman Islands. Uh, when he finds out that his daughter and granddaughter are in trouble... He does everything he can to even the odds against these ne'er duels who are <laughs> kidnapping <laughs> people, including his daughter and granddaughter. It's kind of a convoluted plot, but it's fun. Can't anyway, wait to get into it. Can't wait to get into it. But before <laughs> we do, Hannah's going to give us some trivia, some behind the scenes facts and figures for this movie. I'm not going to really, it's not trivia. I'm not going to ask you questions and, and make you guess the answers. I'm going to just tell you the answers. Oh. So it's not as fun. Wow. This is off to a rip-roared start. Here we go. What do you got for us this weekend? Okay, so the retirement plan <laughs> came out in uh, this year, 2023, September 15th, 2023, premiered in theaters. It had a budget of $20 million, and it made 751 k Ooh, I thought you were going to say $751 million. I was like, there's no way It made $745K on its opening weekend, which is the worst ever for a wide release for an Cage movie. Whoa. $750K on its opening weekend. $745K, 45, sorry. And then another six k after. We contributed by... Renting the movie for $6 on, on Prime. Amazon Prime. Yeah. <laughs> From the comfort of our home, unlike Butcher's Crossing, which we had to go to the movie theater for. Yeah. So this had a wide release. That's what it says. I Because we couldn't find it. We couldn't it find, find it theaters. anywhere. Yeah. Wide as in, I mean, not our area, I suppose. Yeah. Wide I don't know. my ass. Wider yeah. than my ass. Yeah. yeah. Get it? See what I did there? Uh, this was directed by a man named Tim Brown, who is really only known for this. Wow. It was released by Joker Films, which, plot twist, it's Tim Brown's company. Yeah. And when I read about him, he said, no one wants to hire me to direct movies, so I made my own production company. I'm like, okay, daddy's money. <laughs> <laughs> Is that really what happened? Like, he's a... He's I a, suppose. Okay. He was like, oh, I, I understand how to finance productions, but I'm still working on financing productions. I'm like, so... What? What, what are you doing what does with that this? Mean? Unclear. It was also produced by Darius Films, Productivity Media. Those are the ones that are listed at the beginning of the movie and online. And then just like there's <laughs> always 
the, the you know there's always a Saturn Films logo that just happens to appear at the beginning of all of his movies recently yeah. and when you look it up online Saturn Films is nowhere to be found they're nowhere to be found you mentioned it last week they are truly like the uber ghost kitchen of production companies it feels almost like the Baron Stain Bears yeah yeah, it's uh, the the Mandela effect. It's the Mandela effect. Did we actually see it? Are they? Are we just imagining producers? it? Yeah. Is it a mirage? It like it, is it an actual company? Dude, I don't fucking know. I should probably do more research on it. Ah, maybe next time because we'll All be right. back again soon. We'll talk about it at the end. Okay, but, yeah. so I'll make that promise now. Next Ooh. time we'll do a deep dive on Saturn Films because <laughs> I'm sure our I'm sure our audience cares deeply. Yeah, as deep as the dive they care. Yeah, that deep. Maybe we'll do. Um, what's the name of that uh, podcast? That's like a, a like serial, like a like a Ooh, documentary. Okay, like yeah. a six part series on, uh, on, on Saturn what films. To Saturn films. Yeah, sounds riveting. <laughs> <laughs> well, we would make it riveting. Speaking of research, when you Google retirement plan twenty twenty three, most of the results are about how you can mm. really ramp up your IRA. Mm. You didn't. You didn't put movie after those after those words. Just went the retirement plan twenty twenty three and saw what I saw. Saw what you saw. Said nope, nothing here, and closed your laptop and walked away. I'm, I'm, I'm making all of this up because mm. all I could find on the internet was how to really escalate the. I don't know what I'm going to say. Economics. Just my fur economics. Yeah. My four hundred one k. Um. No, I mean there's plenty on this movie. It was shot on location. I'm just going to keep breezing through this. You just keep going. It was shot on location in the Cayman Islands in May 2021. Um, oh, wow. So a long okay. time ago. It was around the time that Pig came out. And they had... Oh. Steve mentioned at the beginning kind of a, a little bit of a quip, but said where we try to watch these things in chronological order. Mm-hmm. Director Tim Brown didn't give a concrete response as to why it took so long for it to like come to theaters or Mm. get produced but i think they just had some like challenges with the production companies and covid and yada 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 yeah i do vaguely remember there being scenes of Nicolas cage in this particular look in the cayman islands yeah around the time of 2021 covid where it was like nick cage is back filming a movie yeah i mean they were I think they had to quarantine or something, yeah. but they were basically saying like the Cayman Islands are pretty much COVID free in May, 2021. So mm-hmm. it was like a nice little haven for everybody. The director, Tim Brown lived there for six months, which I think was unnecessary. But like I said, probably a case of daddy's money. <laughs> um, Such rampant speculation. I love it. I love it. More. more he, annoy- he annoys me. Oh, okay. Um. So the, plot of this movie from his perspective is what if a seven he didn't write this by the way he just directed it okay what if a 70 year old john wick was drunk on a beach in the cayman islands yeah that's pretty much what it is but uh, also like not at the same time yeah no i have thoughts on that too but okay like once we get into it once we get into it yeah okay okay okay, okay. like i want to know how you feel like nick's character evolved I don't know that he did. Okay, we'll get into okay, that. Okay, yeah, we'll talk about it later. Um, this dude, Tim Brown, wrote like a ton of backstories. He said five to six pages for Nick's character, which okay. from what I know about Nick Cage, which is <laughs> a lot, 
I don't think he would appreciate that. Yeah, he'd probably. I think he would want to do the work himself. Mm. And like, I would think any most actors would want to do the work themselves. That helps you get into character. Nick, Mm. the Tim Brown, whatever fucking director dude said. I'm not sure if Nick actually read it, but he said that he was grateful is very kind that's a very political statement like oh i'm very grateful that you gave this to me you read it right well i am so thrilled that you gave it to me the director said that nick's script was coffee stained it looked like it had been through world war ii and he knew everyone else's lines i mean (laughs) it's been through world war ii it's a bit dramatic yeah no this guy sucks (laughs) (laughs) all right Ron Perlman is also in this movie. He is. He's and delightful. he was so fun and funny. And he was also in The Season of the Witch. That other classic recall. Nicolas Cage, Ron Perlman matchup. He and Nick were really tight after filming that. And after it of helped. The Witch? Okay. Yeah, I have a quote, which I'll uh-huh. read in a second. Um, and this, uh, knowing that Ron was signed on for this project, it led Nick um, to finally accept this role so that they could hang out again. I genuinely, based on the roles of those two actors in particular, would have thought it was the other way around. Wouldn't you think? Why Why would Ron be hired before Nick? Right. Yeah. Well, especially because Ron Perlman is no slouch. He's a well-known name. For sure. And, and why, like, why is Ron Perlman not considered for the lead? Also, he plays like a grunt. Like, he has, he gets a lot of screen time, but he's not... I don't know. We'll talk about this criminal organization and mm-hmm. how the further up the criminal organization you go, the less famous you get mm-hmm. in real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is from an Ask Me Anything on Reddit from yeah. 10 years ago from when Season of the Witch came out. Oh, okay. And Ron Perlman said, Nick Cage is just gorgeous. He's just beautiful. He's absolutely the first one on set. He not only knows his own lines, he knows your lines. He knows everybody's name. He's the most unmovie star like movie star I've ever met. He's incredibly humble, so professional, a delight to be around. Had such a good time working with Nick, and I consider him to be a friend for life, wow. which is really cute. That's very Love sweet. Love that for them. Yeah, that's very sweet. You know, something crossed my mind. I was like, what? what is it about Nicolas Cage that makes people say such nice things about him at this stage in his life and for a long time now? But he was such a weirdo before, back in the day. He was. And then I remembered it was drugs. Drugs. That'll do drugs it. Drugs will make you a weirdo. I think so. Being not on drugs makes you an unmovie star like movie star. Delightful. A, a pleasure uh, to have Gorgeous, class. apparently. Yeah, gorgeous. A gorgeous soul. <laughs> it was in all caps, so that Whoa, was interesting. Oh, okay. Um, on a sadder note, Ooh. Nick Cage's mother passed away while filming this oh, in May no. 2021. So he had to take some time away from filming to attend her funeral. What is... What are Nicolas Cage's parents' names? <laughs> listener, listener, I asked a genuine curious, curiosity question. I wasn't sure if you knew the answer or not, but Hannah just rolled her eyes at me. Like, ugh, now I have to look this up. How could you just ask me that? Well, if you his dad's name is August. I remember right. that, but I don't remember August, his name. Oh, um, Joy. Coppola. Joy Vogel Joy. saying. Okay. Joy in August. Joy in August. And his next new daughter, new daughter, his youngest child, her name is Augie, I think. Named after August. Yes, I think you're correct. Boy, 
Once we're not doing these weekly, we we really start to lose our our Nicholas Cage trivia. But we don't talk about him all the time. Maybe we should start. We should start. Yeah, we'll be that guy at the party that always brings it back to Nicholas Cage. <laughs> um. So when the director Tim Brown, I'm gonna keep talking about him. When he sent the script to, <laughs> I love how much you hate this guy. <laughs> like, oh, just, Tim Brown. He was just really bad. Um. Anyway, at least he's self-aware. He was like, yeah, no one wants to hire me to direct. I'm like, I get it. Um, But when he sent the script to Nick Cage's manager, Nick Cage said that he loved it. He loved the idea of playing a grandfather and getting aged up. I mean... He's done it before. But also, also, he specifically says in the movie, somebody asks him how old he is. And because he's sort of a beach bum, he goes, I don't know. I stopped keeping track of how old I was after I turned 30. But I guess I would be in my late 60s. Yeah. And, and he's then, in his mid 60s in real life, right? Right. And then they say he's a 70 year old John Wick. Oh, okay. So he's so not he's aged like up aged by like up like four, four years. years. Yeah. Like KK. <laughs> <laughs> KK. <laughs> oh, God. What were we? We were watching something. Oh, it was a bad movie. We don't need to talk about it. But somebody was... They still wrote into a new movie people using acronyms in real life. Like, there was a young teenage girl character, and she was like, LOL, JK. Like, she said it out loud in real life. And I was like, nobody speaks like that anymore. Apparently, I do. It was Slother House. It was, was Slother House. House. We didn't a, make it through no, it was more really than boring. maybe 20 minutes of that. It's much more boring than it needed to be. If it gets better at the end, let us know. I, it's I'll about a killer sloth it. that a girl brings to her sorority house. It sounds like it's going to be terrible, but also great. And no. it was just terrible. It was really bad. Anyway, anyway, Nick Cage improved a lot. Did he? Yeah. That's... He's great on the first take. And okay. he follows the script on the first take. But the more takes you do with him, the looser he gets and the more he wants to improvise. Okay. And for an independent film, uh-huh. how many takes do you think? Like, like no wonder they spent $20 million on this movie. Yeah, double the budget of um, Butcher's Crossing, yeah. which we watched, which had much higher production value. Yeah, but it, I mean, the location was probably cheaper than filming in the Caymans. Oh, maybe. Yeah. And plus it was during COVID, so everything had to be sort of extended and extra careful. What mm-hmm. was your question? How many takes something? It wasn't, it, it was, it was it was kind of rhetorical. Oh, okay. It was like, maybe we shouldn't be doing a ton of takes. This right. is an independent film. Right. Tim Brown. Mm-hmm. Dumbass. Well, so we'll talk about it when we talk about like the first scene, but a lot of Nicolas Cage's dialogue in this movie is him asking questions of other people. And you know, one of like the first rules of improv is you don't ask questions. You yes and. And so how do you, as an actor, especially when he's sharing the scene with a child, be like, what? Who are you? How did you get here? Where's your mother? How old are you? What's your name? Okay, I'm not saying that he improved everything. No, I know. But like, (laughs) I'm saying it's throughout the movie, his dialogue is either him asking a bunch of questions or loud grunts from action scenes. I'm blaming it on the writing. I'm not blaming you. I'm blaming... I'm, bl- I'm blaming it on Tim's five-page backstory for Timmy, Nick. baby. What are you doing? In the backstory, he's probably like, Nick, you got to ask questions. Yeah. Boring. No, it was fun. No, it was exciting. I like Sorry, it. I'm still in Butcher's Crossing mode. <laughs> that was boring. That was boring. So is Slaughterhouse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. Oof, yeah, get those out of our minds. This movie was a bit... <laughs> okay, retirement right. plan. Let's yeah. retire. Let's retire this podcast and get on with it. <laughs> 
get on. All right. So it sounds like Hannah's done with her section. Of I have so, I have like a couple things, but I'll okay. just sprinkle them in as they come. Lovely. So the retirement plan, Nick Cage scenes. I think before we get into the first scene uh, that I just briefly touched on, I would like to mention that... When did you briefly touch on it? About how he just asks a bunch of questions. Oh, I see, I see, I see. But this movie utilizes a lot of, I would say, at some points, more than others, PowerPoint level transitions. <laughs> I forgot about this. <laughs> And so it's straight out of PowerPoint. They love that's what I mean. $22 million. Come on. Yeah. And so for some <laughs> reason, whenever they introduce a new character, they freeze frame the color changes and there's like a whiplash sound and they show their name. It becomes like, like sepia toned. Yeah. Or like, it'll be like, or a like purple black and white. Pur- yeah. Like, purple, like purpley. Yeah. And I'll say Donnie. And it's like, okay, great. But it's not like Donnie the rat. Or something like no, that. No, it's just like, the person's name. There was a movie we watched, um, Running with the Devil, I think. The the one with Lawrence Fishburne, I think that it was. That was Running with the Devil. Yeah, where, so they would do that same sort of thing, and it was like Nick Cage, the chef. Right, 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 right. That makes right. sense. But it this, sense. it's just their name. It's just their name, so it's like. And especially because yeah. Ashley Green is in it, and her character's name, it's just Ashley. Just, and and she was like one introduced. of the, she was the first one introduced, so I was like, oh my God, is everyone just named after themselves? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we should maybe set up the beginning of the movie that Nicholas cage is not in so ashley green picks up her husband boyfriend what have you uh from some sketchy building where he's been shot and he's like we gotta go we gotta go i got the hard drive and it's, which by the way it's a it's a usb it's a usb stick it's not a hard drive and it's also the most overused mcguffin in oh my God. film it's such a mcguffin it's like we need to get the thing we need to get the, the hard, hard drive. drive the hard drive has everything you want this hard drive you give me back my daughter you know that's the plot the whole movie yeah (laughs) so she gets her hands on on the MacGuffin, and she says you know the only place that's safe for my family is with my father who my estranged father who lives in the cayman islands played by nicholas cage not explained at the time but explained later there's only one plane ticket to the cayman islands so she sends her daughter nicholas cage's granddaughter with the hard drive in tow down to the Cayman Islands. With he doesn't communicate with Nick Cage. No. Just sends her daughter with an address right. to ask for a man named Matt. Yes. A man named Matt or Jeff or something. So it's his it's Nicholas Cage's name and then his assumed name after he moved to the Cayman Islands. Right, right, right. So first Nick Cage scene is Nick Cage lying asleep on the beach his granddaughter comes up to him shakes him awake and you get that and it's matt or jeff or whatever the fuck it is (laughs) yeah and he does have a little scream so if you do also hear the whiplash sound that's why you hear that so i'll insert the first scream here (laughs) (laughs) you never forget your first so no i mean so his his granddaughter wakes him up and he like Feigns an attack. He's like, oh, oh, I didn't know that was you there. Sorry about that. And um, his granddaughter and him try to suss out as much as they can. We should talk about his look. I don't think we've mentioned it. We haven't. Long white hair, white beard, Hawaiian shirts. Hey, it's what I'm going to have when I retire. <laughs> the beard in particular. Long white beard. Yeah. Long white hair. Lots of Hawaiian shirts. Love that for you. 
Mm. I already have the Hawaiian shirts that I wear on a regular basis. I'm taking yours and bringing them to the Caymans. Aw, man. I did write a note here. Oh, he's so cagey. He is hamming it up. He really is. And the very next scene, he's still trying to figure out information at lunch with with his granddaughter. He's also really trying to figure out his character. (laughs) I think so. Because I wrote down the words, oh boy, he's bad. And And then I wrote dot, dot, dot. Or is it just the dialogue? I think it's the directing. The directing, yeah. Nobody, he, he couldn't be reined in. They, he didn't stick to the script. And he's just... No. He's Nicholas Cage in Maybe it's premature for me to ask you this question, but I'm yeah. worried I'm going to forget about it. Okay, please. Okay, so he's introduced as like a drunkard on the yes. beach. Yeah, yeah. After like the first two scenes, do you see him as that again? No, he never once... Does he like, have like an alcohol problem? No. Is he like a slacker, a loser, anything no. like that? I think that's a real missed opportunity for some like fun scenes and like good comedy where if later, as we find out actually in the next scene, it might be a good segue, that he worked for the government. We later find out that he worked for the government as a John Wick type CIA special ops agent. But I think it would be really fun to watch him beat up or kill some people, stop, take a drink of a martini, put it back down. You know, margarita or margarita, like almost as like maybe a retired James Bond. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how he's introduced, like, this, like, loser who's yeah. sleeping on the beach. Yeah. Gross. Has no food in his house. to And his ice, like, whatever. His, what do you say? His, like, his ice. His fridge broke Oh, his fridge broke. Yeah. So he has no food to give his granddaughter. He says, here's some crunchy shit, and it's just Cheetos. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen. This movie was so clearly sponsored by Cheetos. There was a lot of Cheetos there in this so, movie. There was so much Cheetos product placement. But they never said Cheetos. They never did he say Cheetos. He just called it crunchy shit. I wonder if that was lawyers just going back and forth. Like, Maybe that's what took so long for this to be released. Yeah, it was the, the Cheeto debacle. Yeah, it was yeah. Frito-Lay, just like big chip corporation. <laughs> big corn puff corporation <laughs> with cheese dust coating. Yeah. Like, you have to say the word Cheeto. Give us five more million dollars and we'll say Cheeto three times in the movie. No. He says crunchy shit. I got you some crunchy shit. Okay. <laughs> what do you think about the daughter or the granddaughter? Granddaughter's fine. Yeah, she's cute. Yeah, she she gets better, I think, as the movie goes along. Yeah. And uh, no. we'll explain Usually child, why. I mean, sometimes in these movies we hate the child actor, but neither of us seemed to be bothered by her while we were watching it. So I yeah. figured this would bode well for her opportunity to shine Some, in our eyes. I, I feel like a child actor in a movie is like a score in a movie. To if, settle. <laughs> no, not a score to settle. Like a musical score. Like if you notice how bad it is, like it, you really notice it. And mm. if you notice how good it is, you really notice it. But the best thing most movies can hope for is a score you don't really notice. And, and a child, child you don't, you don't, don't really notice. notice. It's kind of horrible. <laughs> That's why a child you don't notice. And a child you don't notice. <laughs> <laughs> well, people notice this child because the next scene after we're at that beach bar getting lunch, Nicolas Cage comes home to see Ashley Green has made her way down to the Cayman Islands. But uh-oh, she's accompanied by two goons, one of which <laughs> is Ron Perlman. And he looks like such a goon. I do get why they cast him for this role, but like... He's like a big derpy, doofy. His name's Bobo. Yeah, his name is Bobo in this movie. Yeah, and in the beginning, he's like, "Yeah, you got it, boss. Hey, I do whatever you need me to do, boss." And he's like, "My name's Bobo. I'll just do it." And um, but he reports up 
to Jackie Earl Haley, who people might know as Rorschach in the Watchmen movie, as well as some other things. And then who's less famous than who's Ron less Perlman. famous, but pe- some people know him. And then he reports up to a woman named Hector, played by Grace Byers, who was in. I looked her up because she was in Empire, but not really much else. So as you go up this food chain in this criminal organization, in real life, you get less and less famous, and it baffles me. But anyway, okay. Okay, moving on. <laughs> That's good talk. <laughs> so Nicolas Cage comes home to find Ron Perlman and some other goon holding his daughter. And this is a great scene because he starts acting super old. He's like, oh, geez, my back. I tweaked my back. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm just an old man. And meanwhile, he told the granddaughter, like, lay low in the back of the truck while I go handle these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he starts having this interaction with these with these goons. And it gets to a point where he has to distract them. So do you remember what he does? He goes, and then starts speaking really loudly in French. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and whacks some dude over the head with a, a, a fucking dumbbell. And, and kills him, right? He kills the one guy because he whacked him over the head with the dumbbell. And then he starts fighting with Ron Perlman. And Ashley Green grabs a gun and she takes a shot and hits Nick Cage in the arm. She's That's, useless. She's terrible the entire film her character her character is absolutely useless if you don't know who ashley green is she played alice cullen in twilight there we go see now we both have our references oh trust me there's one more that we're gonna talk about there's one more that oh yes (laughs) two more we're gonna talk about one for you one for me one for both of (laughs) us one for for me one for definitely me one for both of us yeah absolutely two more cameos for (laughs) for us eagle-eyed viewers so, so there's a lot of great screams, and I'll try to include those French screams here. I don't have it either. Ashley, what's the dapper dandy talking about? I am really trying to be nice. I think you're nice. But I'm losing my fucking patience. No, no, no. Come Champagne for two. Avec moi. Avec moi. Champagne for two. Champagne avec moi. Je suis la capitale de submarine. Je suis la capitale de submarine. This is fucking crazy. Fantastic stuff. Uh, he does also yell. Wow! Did you shoot just me, or, or did you shoot him too? No, just you. Oh, wait, did he get away? Yes, and he took your truck. Fuck! As Ron Perlman makes his escape, steals Nicolas Cage's keys, and takes his truck, but the granddaughter's in the back of the truck. So Ron Perlman escaped with the granddaughter. And I, I will say here, there are a lot of scenes that don't have Nick Cage but are just the granddaughter and Ron Perlman. And they're Very delightful. Cute. They're really nice. They're really nice delightful pair together. together. Yeah. Enjoyable. Yeah. So briefly, Nick Cage has to dump the body, that uh, the dead body, and Ashley Green is like a little sketchy about it. So she's like, I don't know if we should do this. She's literally useless, and like goes, I mentioned earlier. Yeah, and he just goes, Wait, 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 wait. What? What, what if someone finds him? I was like, okay, another like, scream what? for you. Why are you yelling? Yeah, yeah. so they decide... At the is same... he presumed drunk at this point, or is he presumed no. sober? Sober. Then, yeah. what? I don't. What is his character? <laughs> don't get it. So Ron Perlman with the granddaughter at the same time as Nicolas Cage with his. Daughter. Sorry, it just. Yeah. I just had a moment. You're, you're on. Yeah. What do you where got? I was like, I can't believe you're gonna have to explain how convoluted this plot is with the other sub characters. I don't know how you're gonna do this, but I wish yeah. you got the Godspeed. Best you. of luck. Thank you very much. <laughs> So, so Ron Perlman, at the same time, 
as Nicolas Cage, they both decide that they need a nice quiet place where they can lay low for a little while so that Nick Cage can call an FBI agent that he works with and Ron Perlman can call Jackie Earl Haley to send more goons. So they're they're <laughs> laying low and Nicolas Cage calls the FBI agent. Oh, so I'm sorry. They're both laying low in the same hotel. Oh but my they don't God. Know they don't it. even know it. So How many hotels I, could possibly be in the Cayman <laughs> Islands? Probably a lot, actually. actually a lot, yeah. Why are they at the same one? <laughs> eh, you know, it's fine. Probably I, the closest I, one. I don't mind that as a, as a plot point. No, it's fine. I, the reason I almost glossed over that is because I got so excited to say the next part, or for you to say the next part. Hannah, who plays the FBI agent that Nicolas Cage calls? Well, if you've ever seen the critically acclaimed movie Cheetah Girls. Which I have several times. <laughs> Or Cheetah Girls 2, or Cheetah Girls 3. She's in all three. She's in all three. You will notice. It's not that Raven Simone. It is not Raven Simone, but it is Raven Simone's mother in the Cheetah Girls movie <laughs> franchise. <laughs> Plays the FBI agent. And it took me a minute. I was like, she looks so familiar to me. I cannot place my finger on where I know her from. And then I looked it up and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Have not thought of this woman in decades. But like, you also like, I, I was going to say like you sniped it, but you did have to look it up but like i don't know if i had looked her up you immediately pegged her as the raven simone's mother (laughs) in the cheetah girls fucking hilarious that was so great well if you've seen the cheetah girls like you you would know that she's the most important i guess like mother character oh because raven's the most important cheetah girl well clearly i mean you know (laughs) well she has had more critical success than the others uh, listen can you name another cheetah girl Come on. J- Jesse P. Nope. LaShondra Whoa, R. this... Nope. <laughs> uh, Adrian Bailon. That sounds fake. It's her name? I'm, no, I'm kidding. She's the second most famous one. The other two don't matter. Oh, okay. We should do a definitive <laughs> tier list ranking of the Cheetah Girls. For a bonus of the episode. characters from the yeah, Cheetah yeah, Girls. Yeah, the characters. There's a character named Drinka that I forgot about. Oh, my about. God, right. Drinka. Why are we talking about the Cheetah Girls? Because of the mom who plays the FBI agent. All right. And who, who's her sidekick? Oh, her partner at the FBI <laughs> is Owen from Dodgeball, the big gangly nerdy dude. <laughs> who falls in love with uh, Franz Dalinowskiewicz-Medovitsky, who's played by Missy Pyle. Anyway, Ooh, back anyway, to this movie. Back to Nicolas Cage. What's he up to? <laughs> That's right. So they're laying low for a while, and three more goons show up at this hotel looking to meet up with Bobo and their leverage, the granddaughter. But who do they run into? Ashley Green, who they know has the hard drive. So they run <laughs> AKA into- AKA a USB. <laughs> AKA a, a USB stick that probably doesn't A flash doesn't drive. Work. So they run into Ashley Green, and Ashley Green's like, oh my god, what are we going to do? And Nick Cage starts taking these guys out one by one. Um, and this is where we first really get our our first real glimpse of him in action. So he he's getting real creative with what's around the room to start taking some of these guys out. And it's, it, yeah, it's a fun How did you feel scene. like the stunt work did? Um, I would say overall pretty well. I think the stunts were fun like and it's always impressive when they're like big stunts and they can do them there were scenes like this where oh my god there was one scene where somebody fell out of a window or something and the camera work was actually really cool about the guy coming down and like breaking his neck as he hit the ground it was crazy 
really graphic. interesting cinematography for simply no reason. Yeah. That's what they spent their $22 million yeah. on. But there was maybe one or two moments in some of the action scenes where I was like, oh, that's clearly not Nick Cage. They or got Ron a man Perlman. who was far more in shape, obviously. Yeah, 100%. Nick. Yeah. And I mean, everybody That's understandable, wigs. of course. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course. So Nick Cage takes out all the goons. And one of my favorites, actually, is... One of the ways he kills one of the goons is he gives him like a really severe karate chop to the throat and the guy starts gasping and Nick Cage mocks him as he's gasping. It was great. Um, so in order for them to escape this hotel, they have to sort of lower themselves down on, their, on a rope to the floor below them because they know the goons are after them. And they knock on the window of the suite below them in this hotel and it's a really old man, and it's kind of like a funny little scene where the old man takes forever to get up and open up the door. And once and he Nick's does, just like roasting him the entire time. Yeah, he's like, "Oh my god, Jesus! Look at this fucking guy. He's never gonna get to the door. We're not gonna get out of here alive." And then meanwhile, Ashley Green's like, "What are we gonna do with the hard drive?" And he's like, "Well, we're gonna have to get it to my friend." And now, oh my god, look at this guy. He's taking forever. Like, <laughs> like he, you know, it's kind of fun. And then when he opens the door, you remember what he says because you repeated. Says you're it. a gentleman and a scholar. <laughs> You said it like a hundred times. You're like, oh, you're a gentleman and a scholar. Yeah, it was just, the, yeah, he said scholar like scholar. Scholar. <laughs> so. I did repeat it a lot. You did. You kept saying it over and over, but it was fine. It was it was scenes that were not very important, like Jackie Earl Haley scenes or something. And I was like, that's fine. <laughs> so Nick Cage and Ashley Green take their USB stick hard drive to Nick's friend from the army or CIA or Marines or whatever they were. Uh, who lives in the area, who is like a bomb diffuser or something, somebody who's got a computer, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's played by Ernie Hudson, Ghostbusters Ernie Hudson. It was so or crazy. Or Miss Congeniality's Ernie Hudson. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> the, you guys are getting such a glimpse into the movies that Hannah and I like separately. Like, all of mine are, like... It does feel pretty stereotypical. Although, yeah. I mean, I like Dodgeball, too. Yeah, of course. But it's all, like, sci-fi and superhero movies on my You're end. like, yeah, and the like Watchmen. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, Cheetah <laughs> Girls. <laughs> Cheetah Girls. Yeah. So, they open up this hard drive on Ernie Hudson's computer... And I wrote down, they are absolutely shooketh to, at what they find. <laughs> but we don't see anything absolutely as the not. audience. They're like, oh my God, this is Bond villain level stuff. And Groundbreaking. Like, Gro- oh my God, their jaws are agape. Um, <laughs> Bond villain level, I think is verbatim Yeah, what they called it. <laughs> yeah, 1000%. So they're on this guy's boat. I don't know if I mentioned that. He lives on his boat. And who shows up after they're there for a little while? But Jackie Earl Haley... And 10 more goons. 10? Ten. 10. Confirmed. It doesn't look like 10. Oh, actually, you know what? Because he already killed three, four. Four. So six more goons. Jackie Earl Haley and six more goons. Triple. One of them in, in, was one of them Ron Perlman? No. Okay. No, so because seven. they say later in the movie that Nicolas Cage till, killed 10 of his guys. Okay. So there's there's 10 guys dead. Oh, maybe five Ron Perlman guys. was also there. Yeah, so. and Ron Perlman... He, was... dies, he dies in this scene. Why are you spoiling things? No, we didn't get there yet. Sorry, listener. Um, but yeah, so anyway, it's a big fight. Out. It's a big showdown, a big fight out scene. As if we're not spoiling the entire plot of the movie. I know, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, who cares what order we say along. things in? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of really great 
moments in this scene at the marina and on Earl uh, Ernie Hudson's boat, mm-hmm. which one is that we get maybe our longest scream, but it's not really a cagey scream where Jackie Earl Haley says something like, I understand you have something that belongs to me. And Nick Cage screams back. I understand you have something that belongs to me. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. My granddaughter. As soon as I know she's sick, I'll give you what you need. Does it look familiar? Cute. Yeah, so, you know, it's uh, it's a scream. Really right? nice, though. Mm-hmm. He found family. We didn't really talk about that much. Yeah, so because he was a special ops CIA agent, he was always on missions and was never around for his family. And then later in life, his wife got sick and he wasn't there for his wife. And he felt really bad about how he treated his family. So he decided to just move to the Caymans. And around the same time, he also got sort of let go from being a special agent because he was too extreme or something. I don't don't know. It's not really clear, but... No, I think because he was working on I, I presume he was working on something that would require him to be like uh what is that called? Like a witness protection. Oh, maybe he was in like a witness protection thing with the CIA. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, that makes right? sense. Yeah. I I didn't put that together. That's not explicitly stated, so I don't That's think. why I'm like it doesn't make any sense that he would be just this like down on his luck beach bum. Yeah. I wonder what he does for money. I think he just collects money from the CIA. Oh, you don't think he turns tricks or anything? He what? Turns tricks. What does that mean? (laughs) Prostitutes. What? (laughs) Like he's a pimp? No. What? What? You think he prostitutes himself? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Okay. Boy, that was a long walk for a short drink of water. Okay, here we go. (laughs) A lot of great fun kills in this scene. He... He shoots a flare gun into someone's mouth at one point. Yeah, that was crazy. That was cool. He he knifes some guys pretty hard, which was fun. Mm-hmm. He also jumps in the water and shoots guys from underwater, from underwater and kills a couple guys. No, that it's way. like, this is a fun movie. Yeah, it is fun. Fun and little that, heist. Yeah. There is one really big guy who he comes up to and he starts punching Oh my him, God, yeah. And he goes... This guy's like stone. Yeah, Absolutely. So Ernie Hudson gets shot a few times in the mayhem uh, and Ashley Green gets trapped inside the boat, useless, but she's trapped inside the boat with a harpoon gun and as soon as she gets out, she harpoon guns Ron Perlman right in the chest. Finally does something useful. She does something useful. I forgot I was going to say something earlier. So Nick never admits to his daughter that he was an assassin oh he never actually says it no and it was in the script that he was supposed to say it and then they (laughs) did the first take they were like on the balcony at the hotel having a conversation about Mm. it and she was like are you an assassin and he was he had a response that was scripted but he just like sheepishly smiled at her and that was apparently the director tim brown's favorite moment of the movie yeah. Was it yours? Do you even remember it? Not at all. No, not, not memorable. Kind of. No. Are you an assassin? <laughs> well, I can't say. Why don't we eat some Cheetos and think about it? Um, that was probably what it was. <laughs> that was probably what was in the script, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, wow. that's that, I'm devastated to hear that yeah, news. Sorry yeah. to take you back there. Yeah, please. But... <laughs> How could you? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, 
Where was I? Yeah, so Ernie Hudson gets shot, and in the mayhem, Jackie Earl Haley kidnaps not just the granddaughter, but also Ashley Green. So Nicholas Cage is by himself, and Jackie Earl Haley is the only one to get away alive. So Nick Cage calls the FBI agent and is like, what are we going to do? She's like, well, I might just be Raven Simone's mother from Cheetah Girls, (laughs) but I know where they're heading, and they're on their way back. (laughs) <laughs> to Miami <laughs> they're on their way back to Miami to meet up with Hector who's the crime boss who's she was in Empire but she's not really that famous but she's not bad as an actress and but her name is here. Hector but her name is Hector which and confused everybody it was definitely written as a way to kind of throw us off but like it was totally spoiled by like the first time we saw Hector because it was clearly a woman's body face voice and lipstick and fingernails and <laughs> lipstick just because we can't see her eyes do we still think it's a man named Hector no Anyway, they're they're in they're in Miami. <laughs> That's what the FBI will will Miami. Miami. So they're on the way back. Um, there's a brief moment on the plane where you, I think you missed this, but like the wait waitress, the uh, flight, flight attendant, attendant comes over to Nick Cage and is like, "Would you like anything to drink?" And he says, "Double absolute on the rocks." Okay, so so uh, he does. We're an drink. alcoholic still. Uh-huh. He does. He has one drink in the movie. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. You don't even, don't see, even him see him drinking on the beach. No. no, no. I mean, you see him like passed out, presumably from drinking. Oh no, but... he does offer her a beer. The little girl. He offers his granddaughter a beer. Right. And she said, "No, can I have some water?" And then he gives her a club soda, club soda that just says "club soda" on yeah. the can. Yeah. So they paid for Cheetos, but not for Schweppes. <laughs> all their money, all their money <laughs> ran out. We're like, they're like, we need to use Cheetos. <laughs> we could use their their likeness, but we can't say their name. Anyway, so Nick Cage, through the help of the FBI agent, gets geared up and heads over to Hector's house. Uh, He takes out four guys. Her house is insane. Oh, it's gorgeous. I mean, that's what drug money will get you. Turns out, by the way, they do everything. This criminal organization, it's drugs and it's sex trafficking and it's weapons and it's it's literally every organized crime yeah that's thing under one bond roof. shit whatever they called it yeah some bond villain level shit or something <laughs> nick cage takes out four guys at the gate two guys on the balcony of the room where ashley green and the granddaughter are being held uh he takes three more out silently in the hedges and one more by the pool to get him face to face with hector but Jackie Earl Haley comes up behind him, puts a gun to his head, and says, drop the gun. And he's like, walks him over. And Jackie Earl Haley starts walking Nicolas Cage over to... How are to, you going to explain? I'm gonna <laughs> How get, are you going to explain I'm going to get there. Don't you worry. I'm going to get there. You <laughs> Jack, haven't mentioned him yet. I know. Don't even worry about it. Jackie Earl Haley <laughs> to, walks Nicolas Cage over to Grace Byers, a.k.a. Hector. And I don't know how the next part happens, but Jackie Earl Haley <laughs> actually shoots hector because jackie earl haley wanted to uh, be the be the crime boss yeah um, i could be doing i could be running it better this very very successful uh, organized crime syndicate uh (laughs) but then jackie earl haley is killed by the fbi agent from before the victor hector or the uh not fucking raven simone's mom no 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 oh no owen 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 kills owen Owen pulls the trigger owen pulls the trigger on jack earl haley but but there's another guy (laughs) that steve didn't mention hold on hold on not yet not yet oh owen's Owen's, a double agent owen's a double agent this whole time which we as an audience knew about but we didn't tell you because it doesn't involve (laughs) nothing 
So, so the other FBI agent kills Owen, and then the FBI agent goes, it's okay, you can come out now to the house, and gives the hard drive to Rick to- Fox. <laughs> Oh, right. Rick Fox is in this movie. He's, he's a politician. He's like a fake politician. And so he pulls Nick Cage aside and says, why don't you walk me to my car? And I'll give you some exposition. And I'll give you some exposition <laughs> that I probably could have explained earlier in the movie. But, all right, so I wrote this down, so I don't know. Because uh, I have no idea what okay. happens. So Rick Fox <laughs> decided to use Nicolas Cage to wipe out the criminals, and he wanted the hard drive to expose the criminals and get him some good graces in the public so that he could win re-election. I thought that the hard drive had some incriminating things on him. No, he so wanted So he wanted to, to steal it back. No, he wanted to expose the criminals and be the one responsible for exposing the criminals Okay. so that he could win re-election. And then Raven Simone's mom wanted to use this as an opportunity to expose... Owen as a double agent. As a double agent. So everyone's just using Nick Cage. Well, and Owen was feeding intel to to Raven Simone's mom. No, to Hector. Right. He was doing that intentionally. Owen was intentionally feeding information to Hector. But he was unintentionally feeding information to Raven Simone's mom. Wait, what? Because she was like, yeah, he has no idea that I'm onto him. Oh, yeah. And she's like, he's giving away all the she locations. Knew that he was she knew that he was a double, a double agent. That's why she killed him at the right. end. Right. Yeah. Oh, you didn't say she killed him? I think I did. Okay. But she killed him. She killed Owen. Because <laughs> I'm sure everyone cares. But then the last moment of the movie is Rick Fox is like, I'm going to do all this stuff or whatever to, to win the good graces of the people and win re-election. And Nick Cage goes like... What if I go to the press? He's like, what if I go to the press? I just... And he's also like, I just killed a bunch of people. Like, what are you going to do? And Rick Fox goes, well, here's Hector's boat. The Cayman Islands are about 300 miles away. Go ahead. And Nick Cage gets in the boat and leaves. And credits roll. Leaves his family that he just just, like fought for. Yeah. Presumably to go to the Caymans. Yeah, he has no other choice. Yeah. And his friend's dead in the Caymans. Yeah. No, Ernie Hudson made it to the hospital. Oh, right, right. He took him to the hospital. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> had, had a wild ending. <laughs> and so I was like, how are you going to explain this? Yeah. So anyway, any other closing thoughts, Han? I have a few, I'm but I think we already touched on them. still confused about the plot. Yeah, I wrote that we almost <laughs> certainly didn't need Rick Fox's character at all. No. No, was it confusing. was just another shoe in to put more famous people in this movie. I'm telling you, yeah. Tim Brown has daddy's money. Yeah, like how did he get all these people? Like that's what's so confusing to me. I, I He's don't know. a nobody. Like we mentioned it before, like Ron Perlman. You get Ron Perlman. Why isn't he the the name, the dad, or the name? Yeah. And then you like, get ha- Ashley Green's like a decent name. She's fine. Yeah, she's a good name. Woman from Cheetah Girls. Cheetah Girls. <laughs> it's like it's like they're doing a promotion for the movie that's like Academy Award winner Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Cheetah Girls. Mother. Whatever her name is. I apologize Raven to Simone's the actress. mom. Raven Simone's mom. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think we needed Rick Fox's character. I did like a lot of the pairings 
Um, just the, a few quick scenes of people like like Ron Perlman and the granddaughter. Cute. I actually kind of like the two FBI agents together. There were a few sort yeah, of fun scenes. They were fun. There was one really fun moment where Jackie Earl Haley with his ten goons or whatever is handing out guns, mm. and somebody goes, "Hey, I, I didn't get a gun," and they go here, and he has a grenade. a grenade. It's like, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> that was kind of funny. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, so there were some fun moments. It was like an action comedy. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that Nick Cage and Ghostbusters. Oh, Ernie Hudson. They were a good pair too. Yeah. Yeah. Nice little sidekick for him. Yep. Yep. The heavens loses an energy. So let's move on. (laughs) Ready to retire. To some Nicolas Cage (laughs) awards. As aforementioned. (laughs) Before she retires. Uh, First award is best supporting actor. Who are you going to give that to? That's kind of tough. There's some good... Yeah. Options here. Rick Fox. Rick Fox. <laughs> yeah. Useless. I mean, he wasn't bad. It's just his, he was in like three scenes. I'll give it to most. the little girl because she didn't bother us. So <laughs> she's, like, she's like a movie score. <laughs> it, sometimes the best thing it can be is not bothersome. I don't know if we've ever given it to the child. Maybe we did in um, oh my the God, old way. No, the dystopian movie where he speaks the Pledge of Allegiance, <laughs> the Humanity Bureau. I think in the old way, we may have given it to the little girl. She was also we probably, like, tolerable. We probably also gave it to a horse in that one, but That's I'd have to true. go back and double check. But anyway, I'll yeah. give, I don't know. I don't know. The care. little girl was good. Yeah, she was fine. Yeah. Cute. Good. Great. Best dressed. We didn't really note down anything no. crazy. He wears pretty much the same thing on the movie. His outfit. Well, he has two outfits. He has the Hawaiian outfit and he has like the tactical stealth outfit at the end. Where he gets geared up. He's in all black, uh, bulletproof vest. I'll still give it to Hawaii. Yeah, that's classic. Beach bomb in it. Yeah. Retired, you know. Yeah. 70, John Wick. Yeah. Bugs words. Words. Hmm. Continue. Worst supporting act. uh, Worst... Worst Worst Nicolas Cage scene. Probably the last one where he just rides off into the sunset. Yeah, where Rick Fox is explaining (laughs) everything to him. And first of all, it's super weird because Rick Fox is like a hundred feet tall. Like Nick Cage is like six three, and Rick Fox towers over him. (laughs) It was really like I know I don't know if you noticed that, but I was like, Nick Cage looks like a child next to Rick Fox. It was weird. (laughs) He had crazy posture and his like tactical turtleneck. Uh, anyway that one okay because it meant nothing to me because i didn't understand it until steve had to just explain it to me now and i still don't know if i got that completely right uh all right best nicholas cage scene got a few contenders i have a feeling it's going to be one of the big action scenes i think so too i i think the hotel scene was very fun hotel scene was fun like the, the entire scene, scene was fun the marina scene was fun. I think I'm going to give it to the hotel scene, though, because he oh. had more creative... Well, he had really creative kills at the marina scene because mm-hmm. he did the flare gun in the mouth. Yes. And then he killed people from under the water. He did also tie an anchor around someone's neck and then threw them overboard. Classic. Classic. But what he did in the hotel scene is there was a piece of art on the wall that was just a rope yeah. uh, wrapped up in a loop. Yeah. And he dismantled it and use the rope to scale the building and then he went into that old man's room that is a good scene with the part of the old man's room with the gentleman and a scholar which one are you going with i don't know you can you tie break it i can tie break it i'm gonna go with marina okay all right i feel nothing so (laughs) 
feel nothing. No. Like most retired people, I feel nothing. <laughs> yeah. No, I like that. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, best Nicolas Cage scream. There aren't any real classic Nick Cage screams. There are a few. I can re-highlight them for yeah, you. Yeah, please do. I think I know Nouveau. Okay. So the first scream is when he gets uh, awoken for the first time by his granddaughter. It's mm. just, ah! No. Okay. Then it is when he's uh, oh, screaming Skip in French. Skip that one. Skip that one. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, he yells, fuck, as Ron Perlman gets away. Mm-mm. He yells, what, as he and his daughter are attempting to dump a body overboard. No. And he yells, I understand you have something that belongs to me, my granddaughter. No. And then he has loud grunts as he punches the goons. Okay, I guess it needs to be screaming in French, which I'm also going to give to the most nouveau schematic. Hey, sometimes we double up, and I think that's okay. I feel like we haven't had a double up in a while. It made a real impact, so. (laughs) It really did. It's going (laughs) to live with you for the rest of your days. So those are the last two awards. Most nouveau schematic also going to the... The first fight scene between him and Ron Perlman, uh, particularly the shouting in French and maybe even the blowing of the raspberry. Yeah, great stuff. Love it. Love it. Love Nick aging up. Aging up like five years and really the only thing they did was they just put a bad gray wig on him. Bad wig on him and gave him a granddaughter. Done. Yeah, done. Uh, well, Han, yes. where are you ranking this one? This is, I'd be curious to see where you want to put this one. It's a fantastic so. question. Give me a number me. 1 to 110 with 110 being the I worst one I don't think I'm going to give you a number. I think I'm going to try to find another movie in my brain okay. that I would match this with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, some other like comedy, like Red Rock West, I'm thinking. Somewhere around that wow, type okay. of ordeal. So Red Rock West is number 29 currently. No, it's far worse than that. Far worse than that. Okay. I'm trying to think of like what other comedy type films. Well, there are a lot of similar vibes in the movies that directly proceed in our rankings, Red Rock West. But I would say that they are likely all much better movies. So, for example, it goes Red Rock West, then The Rock, then no. Matchstick Men, no. then Next, no. then Gone in 60 Seconds, no. Drive Angry. Mm-mm. So there's a similar almost tone, but this movie doesn't quite Match land it. the same no. way these other movies How about do. like 20 more than that? So like in the, in the 50s. So number 50 is going to be Wind Talkers. I would say better. Better. Number 49 is Bangkok Dangerous. Now we're getting into this area. He also plays a hitman in Bangkok. I think it was better than that. Better than that. Above that, we have Lord of War. Better. Better. The Croods. Hmm. Between the Croods and Lord of War, I think makes sense because it feels like he is the Lord of War and he is also a Crood in this movie. Well, and he's a father. And he's, uh, hey, he's a grandfather. <laughs> so, so that's going to put this movie at number 48, almost right in the middle, but I on, think the, that's, on the better side. I think that's fine. Like, that's this was fine. I mean, I think I mentioned yeah. 5.1 out of 10, 60%. Yeah, I feel like that's low. Based, it is really low, especially after, movie. oh my God, that last week's movie had like a seven. Yeah, ridiculous. 70%. Seven out of 10 and 70%. Yeah, seven out of 10, yeah. 70%. Yeah, 
What's Don't going on? Us. Who's ranking? Like, who is it? It's not us. Not us. Why are they not asking us to do this? Bring us in there. IMDb. This is the definitive ranking this of Nicolas Cage movies. <laughs> this is. Please. Maybe in a few movies we'll do the whole list again. But uh, until then, we have next week, I think. No way. I think I'm not around. I Neither am I, so it might be a bit delayed. <laughs> <laughs> it actually might be the week after. I believe it's November 10th. Okay. Well, so we're not around. We're also not around, but we can do it the following week. Yeah, or maybe we can get a midnight screening on the night. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> and that movie is going to be Dream Scenario. So this is an A24 movie. I'm excited. Yeah. But a the... lot of people have sent me the preview. Cool, so yeah. So people are excited. Makes yeah. me excited. Yeah. A lot of people were really excited for A24 movies in general because they just met all of the demands of the writer's strike so that they, oh, they could just continue pay them making fairly movies. They just and don't use AI. Fairly. Yep. And they were like, <laughs> okay, yep. All the things that you want, we will do it so that we can keep making movies. And everybody and really liked that. It's paying off for them. Yeah, I hope so. We'll see what happens with Dream Scenario. It should be a good What are movie. other A24 movies that I would know? I want to say it's like, um, what's it called? Like um, Get Out and stuff. Uh, I love that I'm putting you on the spot for that, just like you put me on the spot for the names of Nicolas Cage's parents, (laughs) specifically his mother. (laughs) Okay, I I may have been wrong, but A24 movies from sources across the web, according to Google, (laughs) Moonlight, Uncut Gems, Ex Machina, Everything Everywhere All at Once, uh, Lady Bird, Minari, tons of great movies. Wow. Yeah. Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. (laughs) Okay. All right, Han, I think that's going to do it unless you have anything else you'd like to add before we get out of here. No, I think we're both ready to retire at this point. And but we'll never retire. We can't retire. Not from we this. have to be here for you. Yes. Through Nick and Thin. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. Ah.